0: a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. I am Ladyboy Gigi, and tonight's show is on sexual diversity. Sexual diversity includes a wide range of sexual practices and behaviors that people engage in. These can range from common practices to esoteric and unusual erotic desires and fetishes. While we're open and affirming of most forms of sexual diversity, we do follow the guidelines of safe, sane, and legal forms of sexual diversity between consenting adults. While I'm not into performing some forms of sexual diversity myself, I do celebrate diversity fully. We each are unique with different tastes. I see sexual diversity as being similar to a cafeteria. At a cafeteria, I'm not really, I don't like liver. But I do like many other foods that are offered, and I know some people love liver. So in a cafeteria, we're allowed to pick and choose what we enjoy. But what if we had a cafeteria where only soufflés were the public-approved food of choice? And so you couldn't pick anything else, or you'd be seen as abnormal or weird or different. I like to look at sexual diversity as having a full cafeteria of sexual interests to explore and enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) And I have Paul with me on the show tonight.
1: Hey, guys. How's it going? And
0: tonight I'd like to talk a little bit about a whole wide range of different types of sexual diversity. I've gotten into so many different forms, and it can be so much fun, and it adds so much to one's sex life. So we're going to go over a few of them. I think the first one that's pretty common is BDSM, bondage, discipline, and sadomasochism. It's an umbrella term that really covers a lot of different activities, everything from giving spankings to tying someone up to even flogging or some of the more common ones. And then you get into some of the more obscure ones like needle play or blood play or into cock and ball torture or vulva torture or any number of different activities.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's, there's sounding, there is putting someone up in a web, which is a matrix of ropes that it is easy for the dominant to interlace a submissive's limbs into so that they don't have to spend a whole lot of time tying knots, but they are effectively restrained.
0: And there's uh, many different forms of restraints you can put someone in. Everything from leather cuffs to handcuffs to just tying their hands up behind their back. And then there's anal play, which can involve a whole wide range of things. Everything from using dildos and other anal toys to using your fingers to massage and even poke inside the anus or even anal intercourse. It also includes what's called rimming, licking the anus and kissing it and bringing really good erotic feeling.
1: As far as anal play goes, as we've mentioned several times on the show before, uh, it's good to practice your tantric circles, which are working in large circles at first around the anal area and slowly working yourself your way in with, you start with very light touches and then slowly you build towards the center and you build intensity as you go. One thing that Gigi has introduced me to very recently that I absolutely love is what is called the million dollar spot it's an area right outside the anus if you are looking at the anus uh, you go about probably a centimeter down not very far at all and you'll feel a little like nodule like nubbin and there again you want to practice your tantric circles. You don't want to go right for it. You work the area around it, and then you slowly get to that spot. And then by the time that you get there, it is absolutely incredible. You feel, or you will bring someone to feel so many amazing feelings.
0: And you can practice this on yourself. I mean, it's right between the where the perineum ends and right before you get to the anal opening. On some people, it's kind of like a little dimple or indention. On others, it kind of protrudes slightly. But massaging that area and sending vibrations will send vibrations all the way up to the prostate gland in males. But this is an activity that you will only find for males. <laughs> Females don't have the million-dollar spot, unfortunately, but they have many other spots that are good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then there's breath play, another form of sexual diversity. That can be a lot of fun. And with breath play, you can just have your submissive hold their breath and just watch them as they struggle and want to breathe in. And then after a few moments... Then you allow them to breathe, and it really intensifies the scene. (laughs) And then there's other forms of breath play. There's some tantric breathing techniques. We've gone over the lover's breath on this show, and there's many other ones that I'm not going to go into detail here. We've got way too many topics to cover tonight.
1: (laughs) Uh, As far as breath play goes, recently me and Gigi have been doing more breath play and I can tell you especially when incorporated into scenes uh, with uh, sadomasochism or with uh, sexual play when you hold your breath and you start feeling the oxygen deprivation it really intensifies whatever is going on and I've gone almost out of body with, with the experiences. It's absolutely amazing.
0: And one thing, by practicing it in this way, if you have your submissive just hold their breath, there's no danger of any kind of medical condition, unless they have some type of medical condition, check with them first, of course. But if they go a little too long, all they'll do is pass out and then their body will kick in and they'll start breathing. You never want to restrict the airways in any way unless you are really thorough in learning all the safety protocol and really have a good understanding of how to do the more advanced breath play. I've known even really advanced people that have died from asphyxiation from going just a little too far. (laughs) And would you like to talk a little bit about Fetishes. (laughs) Fetishes.
1: <laughs> oh, fetishes are a, a huge, there's a huge variety of different fetishes that people have and that people engage in, and your fetishes often are things that come up early in life that uh, are very confusing at first, and a lot of people feel really bad about their fetishes, But just remember, as long as you aren't hurting anyone and as long as you stick to the tenets of safe, sane, consensual, and legal, nothing is wrong with your fetish. People are into what they are into. And fetishes cover a whole wide variety of things from everything from specific body parts to even things like, uh, defamation. I read one that surprised me earlier. There's a specific fetish for archery. It's the human psyche and human sexuality is so broad that anything that you can think of that someone could be sexually attracted to, there is someone who is sexually attracted to that thing
0: hmm And I would like to stop at this moment and just kind of add in that we all have different tastes, and there are different things that get us turned on sexually. And there's, as long as it's between consenting adults, and it's legal, and it's something that you're not going to harm yourself or other, cause actual physical damage, then go for it. I mean... Talk to your partner or even explore it on your own if that's where you're at. I've explored many on my own and then brought it to partners and and to other people that I play with. And it can be such a wonderful adventure.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. And one of the things with fetishes is a, a lot of people feel ashamed to bring them up with their partners. But... Oftentimes, you'll surprise yourself that when you talk to your partner, your partner wants to please you. They want to make you feel good. And even though it might not be something that they are actively into, it could be something that they're willing to get into for you. And through doing it, they might find that they actually find it really erotic and really hot.
0: And I would like to say this, that oftentimes love can be expressed in a million different ways. And if you're expressing love in a kind of unusual way, it can be very stimulating and in a way more intimate with your partner. And I think those bonds of intimacy and sharing with each other, some of the more private sexual play can be very hot and erotic. And we get to another related topic, which is kink. And that covers BDSM, it covers a whole wide spectrum of things. Getting kinky and dress some there's even people that get into kinky outfits, and get into all kinds of role-playing. It's very related to BDSM. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I, I think, uh, in my opinion, the difference between kink and BDSM, even though they're very interrelated, is that... Kink is specifically sexual. BDSM is not always specifically sexual. You can mix sex with your BDSM, mix BDSM inside of your kinks. But I personally think that that's the distinction between the two.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. And then the next
0: topic that I've been into is sex in a Public setting or semi public setting. Now I do it in Aphrodite's temple, a safe environment, which is very legal because it's people who are coming to Aphrodite's. It's not exactly sex in public per se, but it's with an audience and it's with a consenting audience. That gets us to exhibitionism. Exhibitionism is Oh, I love, I'm an exhibitionist. I love showing off all the sexy goodness.
1: (laughs) I am too. Like, I think that's one of the ways that you and I connect. Doing things in front of an audience, it makes you feel so powerful. It's really, like, self-affirming.
0: And there's a relationship, a symbiotic relationship between voyeurs who like to watch and exhibitionists that like to put on the show, and it's very fulfilling to both sides. (laughs) So it's one of those really beautiful symbiotic relationships where when the dynamics are just right in the audience, it can be very powerful because everybody's just feeding on the energy together,
1: (laughs) And one of the things I'd like to say about that is if you're in a place where you're not ready to perform in public or to to do anything sexual in public, being a voyeur is a way that you can contribute into a scene when you're not ready to be in the public's eye per se. Then there's furries. <laughs>
0: People into puppy play or animal play and a lot of people enjoy dressing up and as an animal and getting into their animalistic state of mind and becoming an animal it can be very primal and oh so delicious
1: (laughs) one thing I would like to point out is that I know that the furry fandom there's a lot of people who are in the furry fandom that are not into the sexual side of the freedom. But for the purposes of this show, uh, since this is a show about sex, we are more referring to the sexual side of things. Oh, yes.
0: (laughs) But it's inclusive of everything. I mean, like anything, sex can be a part of it, or it may be something separate from some of these topics. The next topic is one that I've been, I grew up with. It's gender, being gender fluid. I think being a hermaphrodite just lends to that. But I've always been very fluid in my gender expression. I've always felt very feminine and masculine. It's all kind of rolled together. But a lot of people are into this gender fluidity or gender bending, especially in the bisexual community. A lot of people enjoy exploring the other side, so to speak.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I also have had experience with this from a young age, although I didn't really fully accept uh, my gender expression until a little later in life. But I, I remember even as a young kid when I would do guided meditations and they would Tell us to look down at our bodies. I would look down and I would see breasts, but I would still see a penis and and things like that. I really loved from a very young age when I'd go to my cousin's house because I knew that she would always like to do my makeup and dress me up, and I'd put on one of her bras and I'd stuff it and I I just felt really good doing all of that and when i was very very young the parents would all laugh at it and think it was really cute and then when i got to be about 12 13 14 years old that's when uh, the shaming started to to set in but my my uh interest in that never really went away and that
0: brings us to cross-dressing Cross-dressers are a little more rare today than they were at one time. But there are people that get sexually turned on just by wearing the clothing of the opposite sex. <laughs> and that can be a real fetish for some people. Wearing For a man to wear a woman's undergarments and dress up in a pretty dress, it can be very exciting. And that's something that a lot of people confuse with transsexual. Mm -hmm. it's not that they want to become a woman, they just get all turned on dressing up as a woman. Or for some women, dressing up as a man. And then there's drag shows. You have drag queens and drag kings that love to get on stage and put on a performance. And that's a little separate kind of category from all three, it gets kind of confusing sometimes.
1: With with drag, one of the, the main things that sets drag apart from either gender expression or gender bending or even cross-dressing is that drag is really supposed to be way over the top. The makeup is always big and loud. The dresses are extreme and not something that most people would ever wear it's kind of an exaggerated thing and it it is still like kind of in the same area but it is completely different when a drag queen well for the most part i should say when a drag queen gets off of stage and gets home they generally identify as a man and a drag King identifies as a woman. which just for that moment in time. But in that moment in time, they go over the top so that they can feel like the full extreme of that other gender. And then there's blood play, blood
0: sports. <laughs> and that can include everything from needle play to cutting to all sorts of things. And even some people in the vampire community enjoy doing some blood play. Blood play you need to study and learn before you get into it, because there is a lot of safety issues you need to learn before you just get into it. There's a lot of safety protocols and things you need to do to not only be safe from contagions, but not go overboard and accidentally bleed too much.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. As as far as some of those safety protocols go, it's good to know a lot about anatomy, especially where uh the veins and arteries run. You never want to cut too deep. You want to always use sterilized Equipment for blood play. It's best if you can have access to an autoclave or something of that nature. It is important to know that you don't want to get into any
0: form of sexual adventures until you've learned the safety protocol and the procedures that you need to know to be safe and consensual. And to our next part. Golden showers, and that's where you do piss play, and that can be very fun. And the one thing that's really nice about urine is that when it comes right out of the body, it's sterile. It's not until it's been sitting around for a while that bacteria can invade, for the most part, unless you have a bladder infection. So urine play is pretty safe play.
1: (laughs) And it's oh so hot, it really is. Oh, yes.
0: And I would like to tell a little story. The first time I did receive a golden shower, I had a woman that had me in a squatting position, and she just spread her legs, and I was right between underneath, and she started urinating on me, and it felt not so much like urine play or golden showers. It felt more like I was being born somehow. This warm liquid just showering all over my body. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> but there's so many different types of golden shower play that you can get into.
1: So I've only had a limited experience myself with, uh, with golden showers, but I can tell you that it's one of those things that is taboo and that a lot of people are afraid of. But when you go through it, like the 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 urine hits you and it is warm and it feels good. And if you are playing with a partner that really respects you, it seems like such a degrading thing. And for some people, that's the reason it's so, so hot. When you understand at the end of the day that the person that is doing it to you respects you and really cares about you, it doesn't lead to kind of the long-term things that you think might be involved with it.
0: Well, it can be either a degrading form of play or it can be a very sensual form of play. That's how you go into it, your attitudes, your values, and where what you said is your intent. It can be Like all these things, there's many different ways to put it into practice. And you can be so sadistic sometimes or so kind and nurturing at other times. We all play many different roles. Even when we're playing in BDSM, I'm both matriarch and the nurturing mother. Or I can be the patriarch and the nurturing father. It just depends (laughs) on where you want to take the scene and where where the energy goes. And our next is one of my favorites, oral sex. And for many in our culture, we've had such an oral taboo. It's like licking the genitals or kissing them or sucking on them. Kissing and sucking on the nipples, or even the, and especially on the anal area, is very taboo in our culture. And I remember the first time I broke my taboos around, especially anal oral sex, it was such an empowering thing. It was like all of a sudden I was liberated. It was like all these. And dance. It felt like, oh, I'm doing something so forbidden and nasty and delicious. <laughs> it was great.
1: <laughs> yeah, for for me, again, oral sex is one of my favorite forms of sexuality, and it is such a sensory experience because when you are there and you are either. Going down on someone or eating their ass or even just using your mouth on other parts of their body It's incorporating so many of your senses. It's Incorporating your sense of touch because your tongue is one of the most sensitive areas of your body. You can feel Crevices with your tongue that you would never feel with your fingers. Uh, It incorporates your sense of smell because you're right there in, like, all up in, like, normally one of the really sweaty areas of their body where you can really smell their pheromones. It incorporates your sense of taste because, there again, you are using your mouth and you taste their sweat and you taste their pheromones and you taste their cum and you taste the female ejaculate and you you just taste so many things, and it's just such a, a whole plethora of different experiences all bombarding you at once. It's absolutely incredible. And that
0: kind of brings us to our next topic, which is food play. And I've gone to play parties where we had human serving dishes where you could just eat the food right off their bodies. <laughs> It was amazing and it tasted so delicious to just lick up some pudding off the breast of a woman that's been spread over her or icing like a little cake, (laughs) cupcake. (laughs) It was amazing. And a lot of people get into different forms of food fetishes, play. It can be an amazing. Another dimension is sexual expression.
1: Yeah, and one of the things I'll mention is that one of the the ways this manifests is there are a lot of foods that happen to be very phallically shaped uh, that throughout the millennia women have used to to get off and men and men <laughs> and men. You're right, and in between. But they've used to to get off on it. And it, you can incorporate that into your sexuality. And it, it makes it really, really hot. So the next item that we are getting to on our list is body worship. And body worship is extremely powerful. Like one of the things that me and Gigi work on regularly is the idea of worship in general. And I've mentioned on the show before that one of the things that we do is that Gigi has me focus on his penis as a as a personal sigil for me, which is something that I put my energy into and I draw energy from to, to give me power. And it's extremely powerful. And another thing that we started doing recently is that we have started doing recently is um, when we do scenes, Gigi has me nurse from him because he's starting to grow his breasts and it is a nurturing time. It is a time for me to draw you know, that nurturing energy into me, whatever lesson Gigi happens to be teaching me on that particular night, I focus on receiving this through his breasts, through the play. And it's not just, you know, that I'm playing with his nipples, that I'm licking and suckling and chewing on his nipples, and that's a sexual thing. No, it's it really is about worship, and it's extremely powerful. And one of the things that Gigi has told me on numerous occasions is that in the ancient uh, sex temples, people went to them not only to worship the gods, but to be worshiped and to worship other people. And part of
0: being a dominant or a submissive can include worship, and it can take many different forms. Oftentimes, I've seen dominants and submissives perform a little worship ritual where the submissive will kiss the paddle before being spanked or kiss the flogger and do a type of ritual around it where they worship their dominant, and then even throughout the scene, the dominant may require them to say, Thank you, mistress, or Thank you, master, for each SWAT they receive, in gratitude for having that service provided to them. And you may think that the submissive is not receiving a service, but they actually are. Pain can be such a cleansing and purification of our psyche and our psychosexual nature. And it washes through us and cleanses us and purifies our soul. And that brings us to a related topic, which is hook suspension. And that was often done by Native American here in this country as part of the Sundance ritual, where they would suspend hooks through their chest and be suspended to gain spiritual enlightenment. Some of these forms and practices have roots going way back into antiquity for spiritual enlightenment, as well as getting those amazing sexual experiences. (laughs) And related slightly to hook suspension, a lesser form is bondage, being tied up and becoming vulnerable and building a, not just a stated trust, but a living trust. When I allow a dominant man or woman tie me up, I'm saying, not only saying I trust you, I'm giving them my trust at a deeper level and That can be such an amazing experience because we often will say, oh, I trust you. But to do a living trust of that nature can be very not only erotic and hot, but be so bonding and bring us closer together, create a bond that goes much deeper than just saying, oh, I trust you. It's giving them your trust completely. (laughs)
1: Yeah. um, And there's a lot of different forms of bondage. Um, A lot of people, when they think of bondage, they only think of rope and shibari, which is a really awesome and wonderful form of bondage. But you can also use handcuffs. You can use leather cuffs, uh, leather cuffs lined with fur. You can, like I mentioned earlier, there's the web. There's All sorts of different forms.
0: And even using a household item in most households Mm -hmm. would be a tie or a scarf or some type of cloth that you can wrap around and tie them up with. (laughs) That can be pretty hot, too, if you don't have Mm -hmm. other implements available.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Another one is, uh, is tape. Tape is a, a great form of restraint. Mm-hmm.
0: And then we get to Littles. <laughs> and Littles is a whole different type of play. It's where, and usually it's non-sexual. It's where you revert into your childhood. And you have mommy or daddy read you a book or tell you a story right at bedtime and kind of relive part of your childhood. You can start temper tantrums, you can really kind of get into the role of being a kid again. <laughs> and I like to include it, even though usually it's a non-sexual, it does tie into that primal part of ourselves. And believe it or not, there is a not an overt sexuality for most children, but there is that kind of sense of adventure in play. I know that being a hermaphrodite, I used to like to do like a lot of girls get up on the jungle gym and rub my body against the bars in certain ways that give you these good tingly sensations down there and I've seen other girls do it and it's like yeah it's not overtly sexual but it is very pleasurable
1: (laughs) yeah there's all sorts of things that um people do to kind of revert back to that childhood state. Uh, they might drink from juice boxes. They might color on coloring books using their their fist holding the crayon with the crayon down. They might uh, eat cereal by the handful out of the box. and a blanket fort that they made for themselves. There's all sorts of ways that people use to kind of find their way back into their childhood.
0: Yeah, and that can be very healing for a lot of us that get way too serious as adults. (laughs) Then there's pony play. And there's a lot of people that get into being a human pony or handler and take care of their ponies. And they even make elaborate carts they that are human pony-driven that carry their handler around. And they make brushes to brush their outfits. They put on tails and all kinds of horse gear and just love being a horse, getting into that animal spirit again.
1: Yeah, I remember... There was a place here in Houston where we hold burns that is a uh, kink-specific camping area. And a lot of the people there do pony play. And the first burn that we did there, there were human ponies with carts that would give pony rides all around the property. And when people are in the the pony headspace they they don't talk they express their wants and needs and desires with whinnies and by stamping their foot and you know it's it's actually a really beautiful group of people. Oh yeah. And then there's
0: leather the leather community and there's many leather bars and a whole Many of them are very high protocol. Some are a little lower nowadays, but it's all about leather and getting dressed up in leather and having the dominant, submissive relationship, but with a little bit higher protocol. And protocol is basically with very strict guidelines and rules. (laughs) And I'm giving it not Mm -hmm. near enough of a description here. I don't want to go too into detail, but it is all about forming a community around leather and our play as people into the BDSM thing, especially in the gay male Mm -hmm. scene.
1: Yeah, that was something I was about to say is that in the early days of leather, it was pretty much all gay men. But in uh, modern times, it has branched out, and there are straight women into the leather, gay women into leather. There are non-binary, all sorts of gender expressions that are part of the leather scene, and mm-hmm. they uh, form different clubs. and It's it's a whole. We could do a whole show about it. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: And then we get into something that's a little different. It's scat play, playing with feces. It's getting into the all kinds of different play activities there. Now, I don't personally get into it because of the health hazard because there's stuff in feces that's not good for other parts of the body that could cause medical problems. So I like to keep it clean. But there are people that are into it. And so explore it, but learn the safety measures you need to take to get into this kind of play.
1: Yeah, like I'd like to say that one of the reasons we chose to uh, include this in our show is because we here on the show support all forms of sexual expression. And this is a form of sexual expression that people feel very ashamed about and they feel like they have to hide from other people. And we would like to build a world that is sex positive enough that they don't have to feel like they have to hide from the rest of society.
0: And it's not just about hiding, it's also about shame and guilt. And living under this kind of burden of keeping secrets and not being accepted. And the way I see it, as long as it's fitting in the parameters we stated above safe, sane, and consensual and legal I celebrate all different forms, even the ones I'm not into, because I accept and know that. There's many different forms of sexual expression. And one of the things I learned early in my pagan following is that the goddess gives her blessing for all forms of sexual expression between consenting adults.
1: (laughs) There's a saying that uh, goes around different uh, kink communities and BDSM communities. And that is your kink is not my kink, and that's okay. And that's one of the things that I hold very dear to my heart. hmm
0: And then we get to sex toys, and I've got quite a collection. <laughs> sex toys can be everything from vibrators to dildos to insertables to massagers. I've even used hairbrushes and sponges and different sensory toys on the body. We can produce an orchestra of sensations through just a little creative imagination using different types of toys. So sex toys can be a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I, they they have really, um, really made my sex life a lot better. And you were saying... A lot of people, when they hear the word sex toy, they think either vibrators and dildos or even sex leaves and fleshlights. But, like, really anything can be a sex toy. I've done sensory play with partners with just random things I found around the house because the moment was right.
0: Yeah. I've even had a pine cone rolled across my skin. Very gently, but I could feel each prickly sensation as it rolled across my body. It was amazing, the sensations you can bring up.
1: Uh, so um, another thing that is an exciting thing, it's one of my favorite forms of play, is electrical play. And there's a few different ways to do this. The three toys I know best that I've I've experienced are a human cattle prod. You don't want to use a real cattle prod, trust me. But a human cattle prod, a tins unit, and the Violent Wand. And all of them produce different different experiences, and they're all really, really intense and absolutely amazing.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And another form that's sometimes sexual, sometimes not, usually not, is nudity. And I would include this as part of sexual diversity because in our culture, we're so conditioned to have to wear clothes to the point where, especially for a lot of women, it's hard for them to be nude even in front of their partner. They like the lights off. And I've even known some men that it's like they don't want to be seen naked. It's kind of weird to me that we can be conditioned that thoroughly to be that timid of our own bodies. But I celebrate in the beauty of the body. All physical bodies have different things that stand out for me and going to pagan events where it's clothing optional, I've seen all shapes and sizes. And believe me, when you see people dancing naked around the rebel's fire, it is beautiful.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for for me, nudity was an interesting thing to get into. I remember when I was in high school and I went to gym class, I didn't wear underwear so I would always find a corner far away from people and I would always change in such a way that I would take my pants off and let my shirt like drop below the the view of my genitals before I would put on my gym shorts and then on, only then would I take off my shirt because I didn't want to get ridiculed for not wearing underwear. And it's a gym room with a bunch of other guys. Like, that shouldn't matter. But, you know, I was so conditioned by the society that I lived in, I, I, I felt so weird about it.
0: hmm And then we get to another form, which is tantra and Taoist sexual explorations. And in a lot of the Taoist and Tantric work I've done, it gets into the realm of spiritual sexuality, raising the bar a little bit, going deeper into our sexual energy, not just the physical form, but it's through the physical form. It's all interconnected. And working with our sex energy, working it through the chakras, we can have some very profound experiences when you circulate that orgasmic energy up through the body from the genitals and bring it all the way through your body. I actually had out-of-body orgasms, which are pretty incredible. <laughs> and these are just a few of the different topics that fall under sexual diversity. We haven't covered all of them. There's many, many more out there. But I'd like to take a break for a minute. We're going a little long (laughs) before our midpoint break. So I would like to talk a little bit about our site and this podcast. If you've gotten something of benefit from this show, please consider supporting us. I've got some announcements, new things coming up. I'm in the process of putting together a membership site for people that listen to this show. I will have a link on my website, ravenslayerleather.com, that's under the menu of podcasts. And it will have a page that links to my Patreon page. It will link to the new membership site that we're launching. And it will also link to our Twitter account. So if you want to follow us on Twitter or you want to join us on Patreon or if you want to join this free membership site, feel free to join us. On the membership site, we're going to be talking about a lot of the topics we cover on the show but going more in depth, being able to share ideas and experiences with each other. And my vision for this membership site is to create a safe space, a sacred space online, where we can share and develop and grow and explore the sex-positive lifestyle more fully and deeply with one another. And I know some people feel that oh I'm can't where I work wouldn't approve of this. I have to keep this very hidden. I understand that. At one point I was a social worker and so I had to take precautions. We live in a very sex negative culture. And I wouldn't want to see anybody get fired because they're becoming more sex positive. So get a anonymous email account just for this show. I know it can't be completely anonymous, but you can easily sign up for a new account on a lot of different sites. <laughs> and so use that just for this membership site and for communicating with us. It can, don't use it on your work computer, of course. Use it only on your home computer, but there are ways around keeping yourself safe and I do, by all means, want to keep you safe. I would not want anybody to lose a job or be demoted because of their pursuit of sexual adventures. <laughs> Any
1: thoughts? Comments? I know that uh, Gigi just mentioned our our Patreon page. And for anyone who's getting a lot out of this show, you should check us out at...
0: Patreon.com forward slash LadyboyGG.
1: Thank you. Um, But that is a great way that you could help support this show. It would give us the ability to upgrade our recording equipment. It would give us the ability to do a number of different things with the show that we want to do. Because we want this to be more than just a show. We really want to build a sex-positive movement around us and make this world a better place.
0: And while on that note, that's a big part of why I decided to do a membership site, where we can really start creating new ideas and exploring more fully this new frontier of sex-positive living. It's like we're living in the dark ages when it comes to sexuality. We've never had a good sexual education, and by no means do I know everything sexual. I know a lot about sex. I know that coming together, we can share and learn from each other. We can create a more sex-positive world by living a sex-positive lifestyle. And I think that's going to be a movement that's going to grow. I've seen signs of it. More and more people are wanting sexual freedom. And if you desire sexual freedom, come join us on this new membership site. It's the Adult Bedtime Stories membership site. And I'll have a link to it on my website as well as a link to the Patreon page and on Twitter. So you don't have to remember what we're telling you. And I'll also have my email address that you can contact me directly on that page. And it'll be at com forward slash podcast.
1: So an, another thing that I would like to mention: part of the the membership site. Uh, you you might be asking what what the difference between joining the membership site and joining our Twitter feed is. On our membership site, we will be including different material that is not. Uh, open to the regular public. We will be having worksheets and all all sorts of things that you can only get through that membership site.
0: Yeah, we'll have different projects to work on. And these are all elective. I mean, if you see a project listed and you want to explore it, feel free to jump in. We'll have everything optional. It's what you want to explore. And part of why I want to do the membership site is to get more feedback. I want this show to go where everybody wants it to go. I want to cover topics that are of interest. And I want to bring about a more sex-positive world. I'd like to have your ideas on what does a sex-positive world look like? What does it mean to be sex-positive? What does it mean to live a sex-positive lifestyle to you? I know I have my vision of it, but I'd like to hear your vision. And so we can incorporate much, much more and create something even bigger than myself or Paul or even one other person. I'd like it to be kind of a collective adventure that we can all go on and develop. And really define a whole new way of living that's more sexually free, where we have the ability to learn from each other and grow together.
1: Yeah, one of the things that I would like our listeners to understand and know is that we don't do this show for us. We do this show for you. We really do care about you. We really do want to make a better, stronger, more diverse, more accepting world out there.
0: And I'd also like to say that I'd like to see more equality between men and women. It's disgraceful that we can't be equals, that we don't have true equality out there. I would like to see a world where we don't have to live a particular role because of what's between our legs, that we have the freedom of choice in that, that a woman can become a pursuer of sex if she wants to without being labeled a whore or a slut. I'd like to see a boy be able to be the gatekeeper or the One that's pursued if he wants to. I'd like to redefine our roles and take a look at what role do we want to play in all this, and maybe even play around with different roles, see what works best for you. We have an exciting world ahead, and it's open for definition, and I would welcome you to help define it.
1: And and one one note on that. Uh we definitely aren't uh excluding people that fall somewhere between the, the gender spectrum. We we want to see an open world for all of the gender expressions.
0: Oh yes. Especially being a hermaphrodite, but also for transsexuals, for cross dressers, for non binary. Those that are just kind of out there in their own definitions of, hey, I'm a person, not a sex. (laughs) Or maybe have a whole different way of looking at gender that is genderless in a way, and yet full of gender. Who knows? (laughs) It's such an open play space that we have the opportunity to explore and redefine what sex is all about. And we've been talking a lot about sexual diversity. I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the benefits. Sexual diversity can add excitement and adventure to sexual expression. For many people, entering the realm of the forbidden or taboo sparks a higher level of sexual excitement. While we are covering a wide spectrum, few, if any, would want to experience all or many of these activities that we've discussed earlier. At the same time, I do like to step out of my comfort zone on occasion and explore new forms of sexuality. It can be so exciting. I like to challenge myself to discover for myself what is good sex, Without bowing down to preconceived ideas and social conditioning. And so I see so many benefits. Plus, it's something that gets me so turned on sexually to really explore some of these forbidden fruits, so to speak, that society says, oh, you're not supposed to do that.
1: For me, like a lot of the the benefits of having more sexual diversity in the world. Like I was saying earlier, a lot of people are into things innately and they can't really help being into those things. And the more we are open about our sexual diversity, the easier it is for people with similar interests and similar things that turn them on it, it, the easier it is for people to meet people that have their same interest. And that way they can get their sexual needs met uh, without really having to either deny themselves or freaking out maybe a partner that they have that is really, like, uncomfortable with that particular thing.
0: Mm-hmm. And what benefits have you experienced personally from exploring the sexual diversity?
1: Well, first of all, honestly, um, I have had such amazing orgasms since I started down this path of exploration that I never had experienced before that I'd never even thought were possible before. It's absolutely amazing. And it's not just about the orgasms either. In my life, I feel this raw, primal energy that wasn't there before. I I feel less weird and less awkward about my own desires that I thought of as something that other people really couldn't understand or or really get behind I have realized things in myself that I never thought were there I've found different kinks and fetishes that I didn't realize were inside me and by indulging in them in a safe, sane, and consensual and legal way, it has built my life to the point where I feel excited and exuberated because I know that there is the potential for for even more to be out there that I haven't even uncovered yet.
0: And I would like to say that for me, part of the benefits I discovered was that I had no direction in life at one point. I was kind of aimlessly going from one thing to another. And it's through this process of awakening my sexual energy and really exploring my sexual energy that I found my life mission and my passion in life. And it just happens to coincide with sex. But for some people I've taken on this path... They discovered their passion in other areas of life. But it was through exploring sexuality in a more free, liberating way that opened the door to their life passion. And so I see it as a great way to really explore and become fully developed as a human being in all aspects of life, not just the sexual aspects.
1: Yeah, it definitely helps you explore your inner depths. It really helps you get acquainted with parts of yourself that you've never seen before. Or in a recent example for me, I had an experience with you the other night that was the most powerful experience I have had with you to this point, which is saying a lot. (laughs) which is saying a lot. And I rediscovered something in myself that I thought was completely dead. And ever since then, I have felt uh, a passion, like light inside of me that really makes me feel so full and so wonderful and so amazing that I really can't describe it. And I wouldn't be here without this exploration. Mm -hmm. And so
0: check out all these things because there are so many benefits to opening the door to fully expressing ourselves as sexual beings. It can be an amazing adventure. And I know so many partners get, over time, their sex life kind of Dwindles down because it becomes so routine and the same thing over and over again, or maybe a little variation, but no real sense of adventure, no real sense of vulnerability, no real sense of opening up. And I think part of the process for me was that by opening these doors, I became more intimately aware of my whole self, not just. Intellectually, but much more primal, deeper level. And it awakened something in me that is so amazing. It's hard to put this into words, it can be such an amazing experience. <laughs> so consider becoming a member of the Adult Bedtime Stories membership. Explore with us come and contribute to the story of our sex. This is our story, not just mine, not just Paul's, but all of our stories. And together we can create a much more sex-positive world, a much more sex-positive lifestyle.
1: Absolutely. The reason that we have built this thing, that we have poured so much of our energy and time into bringing this show out to the public and out to you, our listeners, is because we really do care about affecting the world in powerful ways. And the more engagement that we get, the better we can get to know you, our listeners, and get to know your needs, your wants, what you want to hear what w- the direction that we should be going with these podcasts and that is so powerful and so important and together we can build the world that we want to see i think it
0: starts with each of us individually exploring challenging ourselves digging a little deeper going that extra path, pursuing new interests, and developing. I mentioned earlier that I see sexuality is kind of similar to cafeteria. There's many different dishes you can enjoy. Why limit yourself to just one or two or just a handful? Explore. There's times when I don't want to try something new, but then there's other times when I think, Oh, I should challenge myself. I want to experience something new and adventurous. It really does light the fires of passion when we challenge ourselves, when we explore and try out new things. And you may discover a whole new world of things to explore and enjoy and take you to new heights, not just sexually although it will, but also in other areas in your life. I know when I raise my erotic energy each morning, it helps me see the world differently throughout the whole day. I become more aware and more fully present. Sex is one of our most powerful desires and needs. It's part of who and what we are. We are built as sexual beings. And yet we deny so much of that because of cultural influences, because of taboos, because of this whole history we come from of sex is a sin, sex is bad, sex is wrong. And I just started questioning that one day and said, is this so wrong? It feels too good to be wrong. Pleasures of the body... Why would a deity make a body that has all these capabilities sexually and then make it wrong to use it? I think the opposite is true. I think what is sinful is to not use the gifts that we were given within our bodies. And believe me, our bodies are powerful sexual beings, not just physically, but at an energy level too. It is part of our chakra system. One of our energies centers is our sex organs, is right there anyway. It's a big part of us. It's part of our nature. It's what brought us here. It's what gives us life. And to deny that or just say, oh, you only can procreate, otherwise it's sinful, well, you know, that just doesn't work in my mind. But question it for yourself. Maybe that works for you. But if not, join us in exploring new frontiers in sexuality and sexual expression. Anything you wanna add?
1: So the the last note that I will say is that if you try things and first you don't find anything that works for you don't don't give up on it because i know for me even though i was excited to try a lot of the the new things that i was experiencing it took a a while for for things to to gel and for things to really come together and by sticking with it and by continuing on this path i discovered amazing energy and amazing powers and amazing things that if i had given up there in the early on i would have never experienced so even if you uh try a couple of things and hit a couple of brick walls maybe that's not the thing for you but there is so much out there to explore that surely there is something out there that you haven't tried before that can really give you a new perspective on life and give you amazing orgasms and can really bring you to a higher self. And one thing I'd like to add to that
0: is that and this is something I realized in my journey, was that most of my life I've had this kind of power of social influence reinforced by peers saying, oh, they don't even talk directly. It's just hints that, oh, anal sex is so nasty and bad, or this is so nasty and bad, and I would never do something like that. and shame and guilt out of existence, if they could. And yet, the more they uh, heard these things and these messages, the more it made me want to challenge some of it, at least at a personal level, in the privacy of my own space. And so I started exploring. I started challenging myself to determine what does work for me and what is preconceived ideas. How does the person telling me these things are bad know that they're bad if they've never tried it? And what's so wrong with trying it out for ourselves? And it got me to thinking, maybe part of the process is to challenge myself and really explore with an open mind, not with this closed mind. And that's part of what brought me out of the dark ages of sexuality. I feel the repression. We live in a very sexually repressed society. We can't even walk naked outdoors. <laughs> Not that I'm promoting that, but what I'm saying is that we are so repressed on so many different levels, and often we don't even realize because the repression's been there our entire lives. We haven't seen the freedom that could be. And so I'd like to end tonight's show on sexual diversity by saying what doors can open? What can you imagine as a new sexual frontier, a new sexual experience that would really bring you to a higher state of consciousness To bring the beautiful, sexy self out in you. To come and play and explore and feel so amazingly good. And take you to new heights of experience. (laughs) So with that, I think we're at the end of our show. Enjoy those nocturnal emissions. Explore your sexuality Even if it's in private, by yourself, try something new. We only touched on a fragment of what's out there is sexual diversity. Be creative. Explore for yourself. Who knows, maybe you might discover something so totally new and awesome. It will shake the world. (laughs) And with that, have a good night and enjoy.
1: Good night, guys.
0: I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. Some
1: explore everything sexual.